You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm running about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We've already turned the page to Week 14. We have the picks against the spread. Later, I will have my decider column up, the stardom, sit'em, and rankings combo that I put up there at Sporting News, and we'll look into fantasy football in depth here and look at the waiver wire. Here, So we'll break down all the games of week 14 as we always do on Wednesday and Thursday. Take one half on Wednesday, the back half on Thursday. Before we do that, we've got to put a bow on week 13. And we'll break down what we saw in that 14 to 10 odd, windy, snowy, all running game there by the Patriots as they beat the Bills 14 and 10, take control of the AFC. So we'll talk about that game a little bit, but then we'll turn our attention to the waiver wire. We'll look at the quarterbacks, running backs, defenses, wide receivers, and tight ends you should be targeting. Shorter window now down the stretch, so we're looking at different things. We're looking at uh, some insurance policies. We're looking at some streaming options, short-term, and uh, just-in-case guys as well in between that. So we'll break that down for you here on the show. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by On Location. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once in a lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit On Location xp.com slash sb56 for more information or search Super Bowl On Location. All right. Patriots and Bills, speaking of Super Bowl, the Patriots might be playing in there again. They're the number one seed right now in the AFC. They have a game up on everyone else behind them. That would include the Titans, Ravens, and Chiefs. They're 9-4. and four. They are now almost uh, taking control over the Bills. They would go up two games should the Bills lose to the Buccaneers this week. So short week turnaround. Got to play Tampa Pretty tough for Buffalo, that stretch. So the Patriots win. What do they do? They have Mac Jones attempt three passes in this game. Only one in the first half. He completed it to tight end Jonu Smith. That was it. 12-yard completion. Then they threw a couple checkdowns on the same drive there in the second half to try to keep the clock moving. The Bills really couldn't do anything. They got a big break there early in the game when there was a red zone uh, turnover pretty much near the red zone on the punt muff there by uh, Nikhil Harry. So that set them up and they scored a touchdown with Josh Allen going to Gabriel Davis. Then they were able to uh, convert a Tyler Bass field goal. They missed another field goal attempt there right in the red zone range where they probably should have gone for it. They had another shot, then they had a penalty, then they got pushed back, and eventually they couldn't convert. And so they had uh, multiple opportunities in the red zone and could not score. So very frustrating if you had the Bills. You also knew this was coming, that it was going to be a very tough matchup for their principals. Allen has to grind it out a little bit with his rushing and, and throwing. Not a great game there. 
Stephon Diggs had some opportunities there to make big plays. Decent night for him, but overall it was very tough as uh, they only had uh, 50% of their passes completed in this game. Here the tough secondary was there, but there were some openings there at times with Diggs. Diggs looked really good, and he had a decent game considering the circumstances. Dawson Knox did not have a good game. He had some drops. He had a potential touchdown he could have done something with. They kind of ignored Cole Beasley, and that was a point of contention for a lot of people that they've uh, kind of pivoted off Cole Beasley. Emmanuel Sanders is just not involved at all in what the Bills are doing. So it's a... Uh, very frustrating, and then their backfield became messier with uh, Zach Moss activated. So you had Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Matt Breida all there battling, and Breida kind of lost his way, losing a fumble. So really uh, disappointing there of this Bills backfield. We've tried so hard with Singletary, Moss, Breida. They've ha- had some moments. They've flashed, but nothing consistency where you, you feel there that you want to go there. So Really ugly uh, game for the Bills overall. Again, Allen grinded away some points, so did Diggs, but pretty bad for everyone else. The Bills' defense was okay because they didn't give up a lot of points, but it wasn't a lot of opportunities either because you can't get sacks when the team is running the ball a lot. and you, It's really hard to get key turnovers. So they were able to get that one on special teams, but that was it. Now on the Patriots' side of things, completely different story for their backs. They both come through here as... That's what happens when you run the ball all game long. That means nothing for Kendrick Bourne or Hunter Henry or Jonah Smith, except for that one catch. And then you had uh, really Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers were might as well have not played in the game yesterday. Really, the wide receivers were irrelevant, except for as blockers. And then don't forget about them in that role. But Damian Harris looked great. He shot out of a cannon to score the only touchdown of the game. Brandon Bolden had a two-point conversion here. It really held up. They didn't really need much else. They needed just a couple more field goals by Nick Folk in the weather. He came through with the top kicker in fantasy, the top defense in fantasy. Again, not a lot there. They held down the yards and points, which helped. It's just a solid game. Nothing spectacular because, again, the Bills uh, just had the one turnover. Not a lot going on with Josh Allen. He was getting rid of the ball here. So, But Damian Harris, what a touchdown run that was. Really, that was the difference in the game. Overall, when he, the way he burst through that defense and Ramondi Stevenson uh, with a little bit of hamstring issue for Damian Harris late, late. There always seems to be something with him late. He, almost 100 yards for Ramondi Stevenson. They're pushing with good volume there. He's playing closer between those two. So big game for the two backs. Everything else was uh, very quiet. You know, this odd matchup there. So defense and running game, That's you, the Patriots knew how to win this game, and that's how they did it here. And that's all to see there. I mean, the Patriots are on a bye this week, so hopefully Harris will be okay with the hamstring here going forward. The Bills have to regroup against the Buccaneers. Good news is the Buccaneers' pass defense not nearly as good. They've had a lot of issues, but the Bills have a lot of issues of their own. I'm not going to definitely trust their backfield in a much tougher matchup against Tampa there on the road, by the way, in Week 14. So they're three-point underdogs in that game, not feeling all that great about the Bills uh, there, but the Patriots... Good job for them, but you'll have to be without Harrison Stevenson here for Week 14. All right, let's talk about uh, people that you can have and look at this week. Taysom Hill comes up to mind as quarterbacks on the waiver wire. We talked about him last week. We weren't sure where we were going to get. This is how effective Taysom Hill was. He had a lot of interceptions, four in that game against the Cowboys. He still ran for more than 100 yards. He had a touchdown there. When you run for 100 yards and you have a touchdown, all your passing yards become gravy and they kind of counteract what you're doing with the turnover. So he still was able to score 
24 points in a lot of leagues. So Taysom Hill, if they're going to just run, run, run with Taysom Hill, he's going to put up numbers. And Alvin Kamara, I know, didn't play in that game, but we know that Hill has cut into Kamara's numbers before. He cut into Mark Ingram's numbers in that game against the Cowboys and really limited everything else. It's the Jets. That's what you should do against them. They don't have the greatest run defense. They are a very good pass rushing team, however, with their inside-outside concepts. They also have pretty good secondary the Saints wide receiver core will be without Deontay Harris, so it's Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith. Not much to see there, so you figure they're going to stay grounded. A lot of Taysom Hill running, especially if Kamara's back. They can do those type of wrinkles there with him and Ingram and Kamara. So Taysom Hill in the running alone has QB1 appeal just by that, and it doesn't really matter with anything else. If he can get a touchdown pass, so be it. If he gets a touchdown run, you're in business as well. So Taysom Hill... Again, he's a controversial figure. People don't think he's all that good or can pass. But in fantasy, when you run as a quarterback, we know that's a big deal. And Taysom Hill is going to keep doing that. They're not going to change from that given how well he ran and how poorly he passed against the Cowboys there in week 13. Now let's go to another guy that I really like, Taylor Heineke, coming on strong. These weapons are real here for Washington football team. So... You look at what they have, I mean, with uh, Terry McLaurin and what they can do there. Logan Thomas looks like he's going to be out here probably for the season with a knee injury. So just as we had Logan Thomas come back from the hamstring, look pretty good and score a touchdown. Heineke is going to have to find other guys, but he's also reconnecting with Antonio Gibson in the passing game. You have McLaurin, you have DeAndre Carter, you got maybe Curtis Samuel returning here for Washington. So a lot of options there, and Washington is starting to feel it overall. As a team, they got the Cowboys this week, so you figure the game script should call for a lot of passing from Heineke opposite Dak Prescott. The game is at home as well. It's going to be tough, we know, and it's the Cowboys defense that just uh, went all over Taysom Hill, but Heineke might have some turnovers in the game, but he can run at key spots, which boosts his value a little bit there. And also, uh, just looking at McLaurin, I think it's a good rebound spot for him and the wideouts based on volume. And we... We know the Cowboys can make a lot of big plays with Trayvon Diggs in the secondary, but they also have a lot of issues there to uh, contain things uh, downfield and to give up big plays. The last player I'll talk about is Cam Newton. Now, big shakeup for the Panthers uh, right in the middle of their bye week. Actually, it happened on Sunday. Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, just dismissed. And I thought Joe Brady had some interesting con- concepts there that he designed for Cam Newton just a couple weeks ago, that Washington game, but then... The Dolphins game came, and I don't think that was a fair judgment because the Dolphins' defense has played a lot better, more like uh, what you would expect under Brian Flores. So don't chase that game, but it's Cam Newton versus Atlanta. It's a team, his kind of his hometown team that he's playing at home this week. We know Cam Newton's a home front runner, and against the Falcons, the Falcons should have success against the Panthers' defense. This could be a sneaky high-scoring game this week. So Cam Newton is not a bad streamer, along with Heineke, along with Hill against the Jets. These are some guys that you can look at this week, and that's basically what you're looking at here. Because if you have a durable starter that you're rolling out every week, say it's uh, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Kyler Murray now coming back from his injury or Josh Allen, you're going to stick with those guys. But these are for the streamers, deeper leagues, where you're looking to play a different guy every week. And maybe there's two could be super flex leagues where you're looking for a bit of a change here. So those are three I'm going to focus on this week. I could extend to Teddy Bridgewater against the Lions, but... Not really want to go there that much. Bridgewater is disappointed. And by the way, the Lions defense has played a lot better in a lot of cases. So also tough to trust that Broncos uh, passing game for sure. 
All right, so we broke down the quarterbacks that you should be looking at on the waiver wire here to help you ahead of week 14. We'll get into the running backs' defenses in our next segment and then close with the pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends to target there in fantasy football waiver wire. Using the podcast for the power of knowledge, like the power of learning about the waiver wire, you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone, so you can listen to all the latest episodes of Lockdown Fantasy Football, any show on the Lockdown Network. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line, so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 Days away and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com sb56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com exp.com slash sb56 or search Super Bowl on location here to find out more about on location. All right, time to continue the show here, looking at running backs on the waiver wire. What do you do with the Jets backfield? We were thinking more about Ty Johnson, but yeah, it has ended up becoming Tevin Coleman. And Tevin Coleman is just that annoying thorn in the side. He's been that way since he's been with the Falcons and was like that with Devonta Freeman. Then he went to the 49ers and confused us there with Raheem Mostert and the rest. So here he is back again. He traveled with Robert Tala and uh, Michael Floor from San Francisco. He's the guy that they're trusting down the stretch here. And it's a tough matchup this week against the Saints. We'll see about Michael Carter. Coleman could be finishing the season as the guy. A tough injury to recover from a high ankle sprain for the rookie Michael Carter. So Tevin Coleman, reluctantly, you have to go there this week at running back. So, again, if you're really stuck, that's the way you have to look at based on the touches. Now, another guy that you may not be thrilled about, but he's getting the key touches, is Rex Burkhead. And the matchup is actually pretty good going forward here. Uh, The Seahawks uh, coming up, uh, Jaguars around the corner here. But Rex Burkhead is the lead back now in Houston with uh, David Johnson being injured. We were looking for some clarity. They tried to mash up all these guys, Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay and David Johnson before, but Ingram has been traded long ago to the Saints. Lindsay is now a member of the Dolphins. David Johnson, what else is new? He's back hurt here. So now you have Rex Burkhead getting the key touches. Now, do we love Rex Burkhead? Is he in New England? Is he a swing back there trying to produce with all their other guys? No. He's on a really bad Texans team where the game script really takes them off. They can't find any life offensively. Really hard to trust anything in it, but he's a guy getting touches. He can at least be decent in deep league as a flex here. You look at Rex Burkett. Now, this is a one-week-only special that's developing. We'll have to watch Eli Mitchell and the concussion protocol, but 
Elijah Mitchell could be missing the game for the 49ers against the Bengals. It's a good matchup. At the same time, Jeff Wilson Jr. had a little bit of flare-up of the knee issue that he had. So he might be on the shelf. We already know Trey Sermon is down with his ankle injury. So lost rookie season for him. Mitchell might uh, be back on the shelf. He's had some durability issues we've seen in the past early in the season. They had the finger issue, and now he's got the concussion. So smaller backs, that's the risk you take with the smaller backs you take in later rounds. Jermichael Hasty has produced before for the 49ers. So Hasty could be a one-week special only to plug and play. But, man, is he very appealing here for sure should he get the ball against the Bengals. Because, you know, the 49ers, this is an old-school concept with Mike Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan likes to feed one guy often if there's that one guy often. It's not, okay, we're going to plug in this guy and that guy. They just go with the next guy that's available and give him the key touches. And Hasty would be that guy this week. Now, what do you do with the Seahawks' backfield? Do you have Adrian Peterson now in the mix? He scored a touchdown. Yet he scores for everybody apparently gets on the team with. So, scored early for the Titans, comes out of nowhere, does that for the Seahawks. Rashad Penny, however, got the most touches. And you also have Travis Homer, a bit of change of pace. We thought DJ Dallas could be more involved, but not looking good for Homer and Dallas. They kind of cancel each other out. So, Adrian Peterson, still a little low volume. I think it's a little bit of pride that teams give Peterson the ball in the red zone. It's not like he's all that effective, but the Titans kind of gave that opportunity before they realized, hey, Dante Foreman and uh, Dante Hilliard are better. Rashad Penny, by concept, should be better than Adrian Peterson at this point. I mean, I feel like the Seahawks with Rashad Penny are trying to prove that he's not tarnished in a way that we made a mistake with this first-round pick. It was an atrocious first-round pick. Chris Carson has been way better when healthy as leading our backfield, but we want to keep justifying it by keep bringing Rashad Penny back. He could have 16 injuries, and they're still going with Rashad Penny because he's Pete Carroll and uh, John Schneider's uh, pet there, so they want to make sure that he's the guy that gets it done at some point. Well, here's the opportunity. They're playing the Texans this week. The schedule is rather favorable. Penny, I mean, it's part of his own fault. It's all not all that uh, impressive. He grinds to some yardage. It was a very much battle last week uh, when Peterson pilfered the touchdown. So, yeah, I still would go with Penny here. Should Alex Collins again miss another game? And I think in general, Collins hasn't been all that good, and he's in an abdomen injury now. So Penny could be the guy, but don't go chase Adrian Peterson. We tried to do that with Titans. We saw how that worked out when there was a committee of two other lesser backs with lesser names that favored those two guys. So I think this one, Penny is still the guy that I would look at if you're really desperate because I think there could be a pivot to him from Collins. So if there's anyone that Collins doesn't have the same favoritism to Pete Carroll, Penny would be the guy that you would go in that direction. Again, Pete Carroll and the Pet Projects, it's so annoying, but that's the case here. Then we look at the Eagles, and we'll see they're off this week. They've got to buy, but they do play the Washington football team when they get back in Week 15. Miles Sanders, we'll see how bad this ankle injury. Where do you go between Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, who's had the knee injury of his own? Kenneth Gainwell has been hit or miss as the rookie. He seems to be involved only when Sanders is healthy, but then... When he looks good and Sanders is out, they don't give Gamewell the ball. So I'm not sure what you're going to get from Nick Sirianni going forward. I would feel the best about Jordan Howard because he has a dedicated role that you know he's going to get the ball in power situations goal line. Gainwell and Scott are a little bit interchangeable. So I think Scott is kind of the swing guy, can do the power stuff, can do the receiving stuff here. So very hard to follow, but we also have to track what the injury for Miles Sanders is going to be here and see how bad it is uh, to go in that direction. Now, 
we have to uh, turn our attention to defense. There's not a lot in the running back waiver wire. Uh, we've already handled a lot with the, the backups and all that playing. So Chuba Hubbard and the Alexander Madisons of the world. So that's what you have left here. So it's really hard to find running back help late in the season because you've had so much attrition. People have made their moves. And so limited there, but there's always something you can look at. Now defenses, if you're looking to stream a defense, you're in luck. There's a lot this week. You have uh, a very number of options here. Saints. It could be without Cameron Jordan, so they're going to play the Jets, but Zach Wilson turnovers are waiting. Broncos, I know the Lions were able to win there, but that was at home against the Vikings. They're on the road. Denver's defense is pretty good. They contained Patrick Mahomes last week, so Jared Goff on the road in Denver, something you could look at. You could also look at the Packers at home. Sunday night, emotional primetime bump against either Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. Feel a little bit better if it's Dalton in there instead of Fields, but some opportunities there. The Chargers in a great spot. They're going to get Jake from State From probably starting there over uh, Mike Glennon, who is starting for Daniel Jones. I can't believe I'm saying this, but yes, that's what's happening here. Daniel Jones' neck injury, and they might be shutting down Daniel Jones for the rest of the season. Mike Glennon had a concussion protocol check there in that debacle against the Dolphins, so they're going to switch to Jake Fromm. So Jake Fromm has bounced around. He's now on the Giants, the former Bills draft pick, so unbelievable. But Jake Fromm could be starting a game in Week 14 here. And the, so the Chargers defense, good performance last week. A lot of turnovers, big plays against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. So this feels very smashy for L.A. at home, who's feeling it in the chase for the playoffs. And we know the Chargers are going to put up a big lead and tee off there on the Giants. And you look at uh, the Titans in the the Jaguars here in a good matchup here this week. So take advantage of that. The Seahawks on the road against the Texans. So a lot of really good matchups for maybe middle of the road, questionable defenses that we look at in fantasy that we're wondering about playing. But yeah, they look a lot more appealing, don't they? So you have six really solid options that are available in a lot of leagues for you. Now, if I had to order them, I actually feel the Chargers the most here. I think the way they've been playing is really amazing. Of late, I think the Titans will come out of the bye looking good. Then I would go the Packers, close between the Broncos and Saints, and then I would go toward the Seahawks here. But a lot of good uh, options there for you for defense, which doesn't always happen. The stars have aligned, however, with uh, bad offenses set up in those games. We told you at the top, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Fantasy Football and making it your first listen every day. We're free and available to you on all platforms. In life, we're bound for different things. With Beachbound.com Vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation. Or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to be ending up at the poolside bar, maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be as happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find that perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? The only way to find out is to visit beachbound.com today. All right, it is time to close the show looking at wide receivers and tight ends here that you can target on the waiver wire. And uh, let's uh, do this here with uh, Miami Dolphins. We'll start there. Uh, Devontae Parker's back. We told you about him last week, but now he's involved again. Right there with Tua Tagovailoa, playing well, playing off Jalen Waddle, playing off... Mike Kosecki said Devontae Parker back in the mix until he probably gets hurt again. But for now, it's a great matchup uh, for him uh, coming out of the bye here. So we like uh, 
Parker to uh, continue to have a key value there as the Dolphins. Suddenly now a passing team, kind of not in that shell of running the ball with Miles Gaskin. They're one of the highest frequency passing teams in the league. So that also helps Devontae Parker as a Tua Tagovailoa gets more confidence. Marquez Valdez-Scanley, you can look at, we'll see the situation where with uh, the rest of Green Bay's receivers, but MBS, big play opportunities this week against the Bears, should have a very good matchup on the outside to do some damage and stretch the field. All right, uh, the next guy we have to look at is a special for this week and maybe beyond, but a high ankle sprain here for Adam Thielen, probably going to miss this game against the Steelers short week on Thursday. K.J. Osborne. Sounds like a guy from uh, Spider-Man, but no, he's not related to Norman or Oscorp or he's not related to that. But as this guy, he is got some juice, I think, as the extra receiver there for the Vikings. He had a little bit of production early this season, kind of disappeared as they used the tight end a little bit more. And that's another bump player we'll talk about here. Tyler Conklin, we might as well just bring him up now that Tyler Conklin should see a few more key targets here. They don't really have much in this passing game at all. And they don't have Dalvin Cook to check down and throw to out of the backfield. So the Steelers' secondary is not bad. and They're, they're okay at times. They can't give up big plays, but you can also make uh, some big plays against them. K.J. Osborne, you figure the attention is going to be a lot on uh, Justin Jefferson as being the number one guy with no feeling there all over the field. Uh, Jefferson is going to be the key target, so Osborne should uh, see some favorable coverage at times here, uh, filling in for Thielen. So, yeah, he can also handcuff at wide receiver, and that's one you can look at. Now, Jamison Crowder, speaking of handcuffs, another thing you can look at here, Corey Davis looks like he's going to be shut down for the season with core muscle surgery. So Crowder and Elijah Moore are your best two receivers. Uh, so slot guy, quick open field guy. So with Zach Wilson, he's going to trust the underneath guys most. You also have Ryan Griffin dealing with an injury at tight end. So a lot of passes figure to go to Moore and Crowder here. So another opportunity there. James Crowder, it's good the Jets held on to him because they needed him more than uh, people expected here. But Corey Davis, disappointing. He started off really well with Zach Wilson, but the injuries really piled up and couldn't finish his first season after coming over as a free agent to the Jets. So Jameson Crowder has some appeal. You can also look at Russell Gage. He's a hard guy to trust, but he's now had two straight big games in a row. He gets the Panthers secondary, which is a little bit beat up here this week. You figure there could be some sneaky scoring in this game, but he's clearly taken over as the best target. The attention has gone to Kyle Pitts with no Calvin Ridley. So Ridley has been, the absence has really allowed Gage to kind of uh, spread his wings a little bit for the Falcons as the Number one by default here, developing good chemistry with Matt Ryan in a massive volume last week. Unfortunately, he had a fumble, but still a big game there against uh, the Buccaneers, and he can keep it up this week against the Panthers. So another good player here in the short term. I don't know what's going on with the Jaguars, but they keep trying to find new guys to knock at the mall to Marvin Jones and Lewis Cushionow Jr. Uh, looking at uh, Laquan Treadwell now. Yeah, Laquan Treadwell. Speaking of Vikings, and remember him, he was a first-round pick of the Vikings. Now he's uh, playing down there in Jacksonville, and I don't know what's going on with Urban Meyer. Really, it's ridiculous. The benching of James Robinson for Carlos Hyde. We didn't even mention Carlos Hyde in the running backs because I don't want to pick up Carlos Hyde only to be sitting there getting zero guys worked there from Hyde. And then you look at Treadwell. I mean, this could easily pivot to Marvin Jones and Chanel again. So who knows? It's just pretty bad, but... 
I'm going to mention Laquan Treadwell reluctantly because he could be the Jamal Agnew. You might sneak in some points out of here. There's no more Dan Arnold in this offense. So if they're going to throw to him, as crazy and weird as it sounds, to treat him that way, you have to look at Treadwell as having some value. Now, this is a bit sneaky. I'm not sure if either of these guys are going to return from injury, but Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony, if I had to pick one of these giants, I would take a flyer on. I mean, Jake Fromm's new to the offense, too, so I'm not feeling it with... But Shepard is the guy because he's a technical route runner, and he's the veteran, and Tony's a rookie who hasn't played all that much here. So if you're going to have one stash for the Giants at this point, I mean, Kenny Galladay has been terrible as the number one, really not doing much. It's not all his fault. They're not very good concept-wise in the pass game. They also are not very good at quarterback. So Shepard and Tony, I mean, I like Tony's upside, but the way he's got multiple injuries, the QB changes, and the inexperience, don't love him. Shepard, and again, there's no guarantee that either of these guys sees the field here as continue to have bad conditioning. I don't know what's wrong with the Giants wide receivers, but health has not been in their favor all season long. Now, where do you go with the Lions? It's an interesting toss-up to me. Amon Ra, St. Brown, we've talked him up quite a bit. I loved him a lot in the preseason, but he finally got the work, got the double-digit targets. Part of it is just Jared Goff has been stinky. And he just hasn't been good. This passing game has been so inept. But this passing game kind of woke up. They opened things up here with Jared Goff, and it paid off against the Vikings. Finally got their first win. So why would they pivot away from that? It is a tough matchup this week in Denver. you got Patrick Sertain, too. They're looming in coverage. Pretty good pass rush. So St. Brown or Josh Reynolds, both these guys have come on in the last couple weeks. Both have a touchdown. They both have pretty good connections here. With uh, Goff, Goff uh, carrying over Reynolds from the Rams. St. Brown is kind of uh, the mishmash of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods on a lower, more inexperienced level here. So we'll see. I still think St. Brown's a guy. They've kind of underutilized him and they've tried to work in Khalif Raymond before Quintus Cephas was hurt. Went there. So having some more familiarity for Goff really helps here. So I don't love the matchup again. St. Brown, I think, has better value overall than Reynolds. Nick Westbrook-Akini, we'll watch him. Uh, if not, somebody may have dropped Julio Jones in your waiver wire. You can look at him for the Titans. He has a good chance to return. A.J. Brown, I think, could be out for longer term here. So Julio Jones, if he's out there in, in leagues, look for him. But Westbrook-Akini could have a big role here as well should uh, Brown continue to miss games. So let's look for that. Do you go with him as the hyphenate of choice here with their last name? Or do you go with... Donovan, Peoples, Jones. I, I, it's really hard <laughs> to stretch this thing. Uh, Nick Westbrook, Akini, Donovan, Peoples, Jones. Their names are fun to say. NWI, DPJ. But where do we go? I think Peoples, Jones has a better shot at being more productive because the Browns, I think, are going to have to throw maybe a little bit more to run oriented offenses. So that makes it hard. Hard Westbrook Akine can't score touchdowns. Peoples Jones is more the big play dependent one, and Baker Mayfield hopefully will play a little bit better. That's the thing is, who do you trust a little bit more? You might trust Tannehill a little bit more than Baker Mayfield, but in deeper leagues, I still like Westbrook Akine a little bit better than Peoples Jones. Finally, let's look at tight ends on the waiver wire. We mentioned uh, Tyler Conklin. Yeah, he's been hit or miss, and it's really hard, but now they need to throw to him with no Adam Thielen and also red zone threat for Conklin. Evan Ingram has been very quiet, but he's at least looked like a decent receiver for the Giants, whoever's out there. You figure Jake Fromm is going to still make him the security blanket after Mike Lennon did last week, and uh, Daniel Jones was trying to do that 
well before, but you look at uh, Conklin, Ingram, those are the guys you could look at. Cole Komet has now had 18 targets total in the past two games, so he's getting the looks. The production hasn't been there. The Packers matchup is not bad for the tight end, so something to look at there with Cole Komet. I think he's a talented guy that if they had a different offensive coordinator and different stable quarterback situation, I think you would see Cole Komet be very productive. So someone to watch for next year, finally to break out in year three, but they've just misused him. But Komet against the Packers, he could be busy. They are getting a little bit more vulnerable against that position in fantasy football. And finally, we're not sure about uh, Darren Waller. They keep calling him week to week, which is really day to day, which is Basically, uh, is he going to play? That's usually not a good sign when you have to say week to week and we're not sure about his practice schedule. So Darren Waller, tough break if you had Waller. He's just not uh, available here at this point. And you look at uh, Foster Moreau. He had one play last week, caught a 36-yard ball. You want a little bit more from him. Uh, they actually put some coverage attention on him, Washington did, knowing that he was the guy. But Foster Moreau, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are pretty giving as a tight end. The Broncos did target the tight ends, not a lot from Albert O and Noah Fant last week, but they're at least uh, vulnerable in coverage there. So Moreau should get a few more targets here from Derek Carr in this tough matchup against the Chiefs overall for the outside passing game. Now, uh, that's it. Look at a waiver wire here ahead of week 14. Thanks again for making the Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day here for you. Don't forget, tomorrow will be Matchup Wednesday where we start breaking down the games of Week 14, starting with that Thursday night affair between the Steelers and Vikings in Minnesota. Now make your second lesson Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available, just like this show, to you on all platforms. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vidyire. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow as we break down all the first half games of week 14. Good luck in your waiver wire claims.